0: Today is the day of the big audition. I hope I don't blow it. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Hey everybody. I know for most of you school is underway and I'm sorry, but this year can be a really really awesome year. I just know it can be for you. And if you need help making this year an awesome year, then go follow me on my account on Instagram that's just for teens at sidekick2hero. I post reels, short videos that will give you helpful tips to help you make this year the best. Just little tweaks to your mindset can really go a long way. So go over to Instagram if you have it and follow me at Sidekick to Hero. And now episode 89, Performance Anxiety with John Skidmore. John waited outside the music room as the student before him finished auditioning. This was it, the moment John had been waiting for. It's my senior year and time for me to finally make the coveted jazz band. This will start my career as a famous trumpet player. The college scholarships, the concert tours, my solo album. This will start it all. He was putting a lot of pressure on himself, which was probably why his pit stains were ginormous. Oh, why did I wear a gray shirt? Never wear a gray shirt to auditions. Too late now. He and his pit stains would be auditioning in mere moments and he would do just fine as long as he stayed hydrated where it counted. Oh no, my mouth is dry. Where did all my spit go? John looked around for some water, but he didn't bring any. Other students had some though. Could I ask for a swig of someone else's water? Would would that be awkward? Possibly. The other students actually had the smarts to bring water, unlike John. What am I even doing here? I didn't make it last year, and I'm not going to make it this year. This was probably true. Hey, shut up! I'm just saying the chances of you blowing it are extremely high. I know, okay? I know. You don't have to remind me. Sorry, sorry. I'll change the subject. Jennifer would be so impressed if he made the jazz band. Why are you bringing her up, seriously, right now? Well, she is right over there. What? Oh, great. John's pit stains got larger. Just breathe, John, just breathe. You got this. He lied to himself. Okay, you know what? I am sick and tired of your snarky comments, all right? Why don't you take your fancy accent, your stupid opinions, and go to- Just at that moment, Mr. Hubert opened the door. It was time for John to audition. He went in, trumpet in hand, and the door closed. Out in the hall, the others listened as John gave the performance of his lifetime. Uh. Last performance of his lifetime. John didn't make the jazz band and never played the trumpet again. Well, don't look at me. It's not my fault. Entirely. <laughs> Okay, hopefully that didn't give any of you guys nightmares or PTSD from uh, past uh, auditions or past uh, you know, performance anxiety, but that's what we're here to talk about. Today, I have a special guest with me, John Skidmore, and that story was actually based on his life, not mine. I'm not a musician myself. John, welcome to my show.
1: Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here, Joey. It's just excited to have an opportunity to support you, work with you, what you're up to, making a difference in the lives of teens and their families, and also have a chance to really talk to some of your uh, kids and your you know, the teens and parents about the importance of performance and seeing themselves as a performer.
0: Yeah. So you guys know that my background is in performance. I was an actor at Disneyland. I performed on hundreds of stages across California, really, really enjoyed the work that I did. As a performer, I taught theater for seven years, and I made sure we called it theater, not drama, because right? there's a lot of negativity there. But um, John, you also have a background in performance and whatnot. Like, tell us everything that you know that
1: make that makes you you. Thank you. You know, I grew up in a musical family. I guess what makes me me is I start with uh, my dad was a psychologist, my mom was a musician, <laughs> that so makes here sense. I am. You know? so I'm a psychologist and a musician. So I grew up in this musical family, and um, so lots of singing, piano lessons, trumpet lessons, uh, these kinds of things were just part of our family, family programs. As I got into junior high school, I was playing the trumpet. I was also doing some singing. Uh, I was going to be a trumpet player first and um, a singer second, but uh, as I progressed as part of that storyline was, uh, I was, happened to be a better singer than I was trumpet player. And part of that is I'd get so nervous, I couldn't syncopate. I couldn't catch the rhythms. It would just shut me down in the jazz band kind of thing. So I went on to get a vocal scholarship at Utah State University and got a bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, I was working on a master's degree at Brigham Young University, and I was singing in their premier performing choir. My master's was in counseling. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I saw that all the information I was getting in the counseling department was what was needed on the stage. It developed an interest in sports psychology, optimal performance, flow. Uh, I went on to get my doctoral degree in clinical psychology. Uh, My dissertation was on the experience of the peak performance with musicians. And it doesn't matter if you're a musician, if you're a chess player, you're a surgeon, you're an actor. When you're in that flow state, it's all the same. It's the same kind of experience. And that's really what we're wanting to create. And so since then, I've... um, continue to develop my interest as a performance coach, working with performers internationally, and uh, as well as working as a clinical psychologist in Orem, Utah. And so I could summarize what I do in just one sentence. I help performers and I help teens create freedom on stage and in life.
0: Ooh, I like that. Freedom.
1: Yes. Yes. Freedom. There's nothing more frustrating than to know that you can do something. You want to step out there and do it. And for some reason, you're not free to do it. Now, sometimes that might be anxiety that gets in your way. Like, whoa, I don't want to step out there. And I've talked to so many people who have just stopped. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Let me tell you one of my favorite stories for teens that is a true story. It's my story. Mm-hmm. So here I was in a swing choir, the jazz choir at Logan High School. I'm a senior in high school. My mom has me. that She's the musician in the community there doing a old ladies club program so me and my friends pulled together this stuff she was directing it we were doing this old ladies club program for her wait wait you guys were
0: being old ladies or you're performing for old ladies
1: oh we are performing for the old ladies.
0: oh oh god okay that makes sense
1: (laughs) we are performing for the old ladies with the old ladies club that's what i call them anyway nice and so i now i'm on the utah state university campus and see this is a message that i love to share with teens Cause so I'm just walking down a hallway and I see a door and it said, Utah State University student productions. And I go, whoa, I know what's behind that door. Tamara was telling me about the Sun Valley singers and the John Miller or the um, Glenn Miller show that they produced and the community projects and things they were doing and how much fun she had with that. Cause she's in that group and I'm still in high school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, at that moment I stood there at the door. And if you think about this, you yourself, all of your teens, your parents—you've done this. You've looked at an opportunity, and then you've done the dance. Well, do I like open that door, or do I just walk on by? No, no, it's kind of yes, no, yes, no kind of dance. Well, so here I am doing this dance, this yes, no dance in front of this door. Utah State University of Student Productions, and somehow my brain said, yes, I open that door. Well, I walk into a reception area. There was nobody there. Secretary desk, nobody there. But I could hear that somebody was playing a piano that was coming from a hallway. And Again, I'm doing this yes, no dance. Like, do I walk down that hallway? Like, what do I, should I just leave? I'm supposed to be here for something else. Might as well just leave. Might as well just leave. Yes, no. I walk down that hallway. So I get into a practice room. There's a guy banging away at the piano there. He stops and goes, hi, I'm Richard Watkins. What can I do for you? Richard, I'm John Skidmore. I'm a senior at Logan High School. Oh, you know Tamra? We had this great conversation. He was the director of that program. Oh. Well, that conversation, somewhere in that conversation, he goes, well, let me hear you sing. What do you suppose would have happened if I said, well, Richard, I didn't come here prepared for an audition. I mean, really, I mean, this is a little, you know. I said, okay. He played a song that I knew, and I just sang, and we talked, and he ran some scales for me. And he goes, "Ah." Thank you for stopping by. Here's when our our scholarship auditions are, if for the fall. And I'm feeling pretty good about things. And I was really excited thinking about scholarship auditions. What was really quite surprising about two weeks later, I get a call from him saying, John, I need a bass. Could you like plug in this hole right here I've got for a program I'm doing? So here I was, a senior in high school, singing at Utah State. I did get a scholarship to Utah State. But see, the, to me, I look at that story. It's like it was the dance that I was able to do. Yeah. Yes, no, yes, no. No, I'm going for it. I'm going to go for it. And as I look back at my life, you know, I've had lots of different performances, experiences, and many different uh, stages, arenas. I have never been sorry for saying yes and going forward in those moments. Now, there's plenty of times where it's like, ah, nah. No, that's just, no, I can't do that tonight. There's just no way. And I've let plenty of opportunities go by. And so that's just to me, one of the most important stories and themes I like to talk about with uh, teenagers is that courage to grab that opportunity and be willing to risk.
0: Uh, That's amazing. Yes, there's so many of that. And teens, you're going to have so many of those dancing with yourself moments throughout yes. your life. Do I do this? And, and in, in lots of areas, which uh, I know we talked about just before we started uh, the, the recording, but you said this applies to so many areas of life and I, I want you to touch more on that. But what my question is for you, which is probably the same question a lot of teens might be asking themselves right now. Okay, I know the dance. I, I've done the dance. How do I say yes during that dance and how do I move forward? What okay. are your tips?
1: The first thing you've got to recognize is your first response to so many things is going to be to save your butt. It's like, I want to be safe. Okay. So as a teenager, you've got to recognize you're going to have a first response. That reptile brain, that fight or flight response, is going to give you a first response that says, play it safe. So what you've got to recognize is that when you hear that first response of, no, I'm going to play it safe, you got to ask yourself, is this life-threatening? Now, if it's life-threatening, run. (laughs) Let's just make it simple. If it's life-threatening, get out of there.
0: I'm trying to imagine a situation that would be life-threatening. It's like, yes, if you fail this audition, we pull this lever and you fall into an alligator pit. right? That would be life-threatening.
1: But see, too many young teens, too many performers look at a performance just exactly like that. They see it as a life or death kind of thing. If I fail, the alligators will eat me. I'm a dead man. And well, I can't risk that. Yeah. And so you've got to recognize first and foremost that that primary response, that first response is going to be to just keep yourself safe and you cannot trust it. (laughs) So it's kind of like saying, don't go with that first response. See, if I'd have gone with my first response as I saw that Utah State University student productions door, I'd have kept walking. i just keep on walking. Well, maybe I should go in there. That's a second response. No, back and forth. And so what you want to start doing is looking for a second, third, or even fourth response. Oh, I can't do this. Well, maybe I can. Well, what could I do? What would happen if I did? Where would I go? What could this lead to? And so you've got to just really look out for that first response and just recognize, don't trust it, don't go with it. The second thing is, I would just call it as a tip is consider the sense of, quote, anxiety as we call it. So Joey, in the workshops that I do, I talk about anxiety in a different way than most people do. I refer it to as activated. The sympathetic nervous system is activated. That's all it is. Now this system activates whether we want it to or not. And so pop, it's there. Well, what does that mean? It's the shaky hands, it's the dry mouth, it is the sweaty armpits, as you were talking about, that pit <laughs> problem. Yep. Um, it is the butterflies in the stomach. It's the tension in the body. It's the sense of, I want to get out of here. See, that's what that activation means. And again, it works so well with rattlesnakes. That's what it's designed for.
0: <laughs> like when we run into a rattlesnake.
1: I, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. I've walked into plenty of them, actually. I hike a lot. I've probably walked into about a dozen different rattlesnakes. Wow. And only once was I getting close enough to get bit. And that was scary enough for me. Oh man! But it's like, whoa, that's what that response is for. It's not for your stage. It's not for your class where there's a test. It's not for the ACT. It's not for junior prom. (laughs) It's not for any of those things. And so just by claiming that, whoa, I'm activated, but am I in danger? No. That first response is going to be an activation physiologically as well as mentally, oh, I can't do that. I'm scared now, I'm gonna run away. First response, activated, yes. But am I in danger? No. Okay, what do I choose? See, if we could recognize the brain has that first response brain, but it also has an analyzer brain and a decider brain. So let's get out of that first response. I'm out of here. First response, can't trust you. Bye, gone, off the table, off the stage. All right, let's look at the options. What do I decide to do? Somehow, I decided to walk in that door at Utah State. Well, I decided to walk down a hallway. What did I end up with? Singing some great programs, vocal scholarship, some great stories to tell, and a lot of fun. Because I walked down that hallway. Because when he said, let me hear you sing, I said, okay. Rather than, uh... Well, I'm not ready to sing right now. I haven't warmed up. Yes, I haven't warmed up. I I only sing when I'm warmed up. No, it's not like that. And so to be able to recognize that, yes, you're going to have a first response. You're going to get activated. So what? What do you choose to do? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we could talk a lot about breathing strategies and things like that that really make a difference to calm the body down. But when you're in a stressed out moment, they really don't work all that well. I mean, you're already activated. And so you've got to be able to say, I'm moving through this. I can get past this. So what? By the way, the word so what, when it comes to being anxious or activated, is really a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. So what? Like, I'm here to sing. I'm here to act. I'm here to take a test. I'm not here to worry about if my whole life is going to end if I don't pass the ACT with a certain score. It's like, no, I'm here to take a test. I'm here to... Read a you know a report I've written in class. I'm here to ask Susie out on a date. No, I can't do that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm here to talk to my parents about something. No, I can't do that. Um, so it's really just saying, so what? You're activated. It's not going to kill you. So that midbrain gives us that first response that says, play it safe, be comfortable. And one of the things I love to coach performers with is, no, you want to be uncomfortable comfort is overrated. You want to be (laughs) successful, comfort is overrated because you'll stop yourself way short.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I love all that. Activated, not anxious or not anxiety. That's a really, really great way to look at it, especially before some performance or some moment where you have to take an action that's going to lead to hopefully potentially something
1: that you want. Um, i know got a wonderful story about that. A 10-year-old girl that I worked with, her name is Audrey Edwards. She's in the Salt Lake area. Um, she did one of my workshops, and she talked about going to an audition and, she, and coming out of that. And she talked about how I could see how everybody was so activated, and they didn't know what to do about it.
0: <laughs> but
1: I was a little activated, but I managed it. And she landed that audition. But here she is at 10 years old, knowing what the word activation is and how to manage it. That's a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, that's super powerful.
0: So okay, so you manage it by saying, all right, so what? I'm activated. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm going to go do this thing. What else? You, you, is there anything else that you, you know, coach or advise performers to do?
1: You know, absolutely. It's, I wish it was just as simple as saying, I'm activated, so what? And I can move forward. Um, when that midbrain of ours gets triggered, it's really about this fight or flight response. And it's perceiving the situation as a good or bad, a right or wrong, a win or lose, a success Mm -hmm. or failure, a good guy, bad guy kind of thing. And so we tend to look at most performances, and most teenagers do, because their world's an all or nothing brain. I mean, it's like it's an all or nothing brain. Mm -hmm. And so they're thinking about this as an important event when it's really just part of the process of their life. It's just part of the experience of this performance. And you know, it's really powerful as teenagers grasp that, okay, my first response is going to be extreme and it's going to be all or nothing. It's going to be win or lose. It's going to be like good guy, bad guy. Mm -hmm. And just as soon as you can start to recognize that as a first response, then you can start to find some middle ground. And that middle ground puts them back in the perspective of, hey, I'm 17, I'm 15. I've got lots to learn about auditioning, taking tests, uh, interacting socially. That's what I'm here to do at 17. I'm not here to win everything at 17. Mm. I mean, I've talked to too many teenagers that they somehow are thinking like they should, everything should be a victory. And if it's not a victory, they have failed. And the reality is, no, everything is a process. Everything's part of the game to prepare you to become a great adult. And sure, you're going to have some victories. You're going to have some good successes in junior high and high school. You're probably going to have some failures too, and that's okay. And so to really look at this and say, okay, this isn't an event that defines and changes everything. This is just part of the process of my life. And what I want to be able to do is learn how to go through this and basically learn from it and to basically figure out what I'm going to do next time rather than, oh, that's it. You know, we could talk about mindset. We could talk about breathing exercises, managing anxiety. We could talk about preparing. Um, And all of these things are so important for any kind of great performance. Um, Frankly, when I took the ACT, it was like the night or the Saturday after like one of the dances. I fell asleep in the middle of it. I got home too late. That did not help my performance on the ACT. Believe me. In fact, I talked to the school counselor and he goes, wait a minute that's your score like did you like like mix miss all the boxes or something it's like that score should not you know that, that can't be your score so <laughs> no, it was that bad it was like a nine wow <laughs> I mean it, it was just I mean it was just like um or not, I don't know what it is it was so low it was just like a nine's pretty low or it sounded like 34 or something so yeah it was like it was like a nine wow now if I'd have hinged my whole life on that score of the nine, I would never have gone to college. I would never have gone to graduate school. I wouldn't be doing what I am today. Yeah. So yes, I did really poorly on that performance, but that performance was not the end-all be-all of my life.
0: I love that. So destigmatize the event, take the teeth out of it, because you're probably putting that event, that presentation or talking to that person or that audition, probably putting it up on a huge pedestal, right? Making it like this monster that you have to go slay when Mm -hmm. really it's just more like a stepping stone, one of many on your journey of life.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And again, the reactiveness of a teenager's brain is not going to want to look at that in that way as a first response. It's going to be, it's terrible. This was horrible. This was so embarrassing. I'm never going to do that again. And the reality is, let's plan on messing up a lot. Let's plan on having lots of great experiences. Let's plan on learning things quickly. Mm. But we want to move through them versus run away from them. Oh, my goodness. That's so great. Uh, so,
0: to kind of wrap things up, what would you say is the secret for an awesome life when it comes to performances?
1: First, you've got to look at every day is filled with performances. Mm-hmm. Like there are multiple performances that we're gonna have every day. And the challenge we have is to be able to look at this performance from the perspective of, well, what worked about what I did? And we can usually find a lot of things that worked. What didn't work about what I did? And sometimes we can find those things too. And the question and the big question is, what am I going to do next time? There was a young man who auditioned for and got a college scholarship in February in may he was invited to perform at his high school awards assembly okay a little honor nice little perk he accepted that invitation he performed he performed horribly it was terrible it was just oh and he basically fell into the mindset of i will never do that again now i can understand that as a first response but he got stuck in his first response He resigned his scholarship. He quit playing his cello. Oh, now that was an unnecessary tragedy. See, this idea that his first response controlled him was very, very painful. Okay, we're going to have first responses; they're not going to go away. So, really, when it comes down to the secret of a great life, as I see this, is yeah, acknowledge our first responses, and let's look for a second or third, and let's move through things. Let's move past things. And as we do that, our life becomes so much more interesting. Uh, We learn a whole lot. We discover what we can do, where we can go. And it just makes life a whole lot more fun.
0: That's amazing. John, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom uh, with my audience. It's been a pleasure having you on. Where can people find you if they're like, I want to hear more
1: from this John Skidmore guy? Okay. Well, I'd love to have people find me. Um, J-O-N at johnskidmore.com is my email address. Johnskidmore.com is my website. Makes sense. And I've got different kinds of programs and things developing. I'm going to have a whole series of workshops about auditioning through Mm -hmm. now in January. Uh, Scholarship auditions for most of the music and acting programs at the collegiate level take place in January, early February. So I'm going to have some programs for that. And uh, I also work directly with people who are preparing for auditions, uh, even the ACT, um, that kind of thing. Uh, Any kind of high-pressure performance situation that uh, they want to really bring a mental game to this, those are the kinds of things I specialize in.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So go go find him, especially if you have auditions coming up, a a big test, whatever you got and you feel like your first response is going to take you over, yes. uh, go, go meet with, with John and he can help you really uh, make that performance something that will be amazing, but also at the same time, not anything that will make or break you. Is that yes. kind of what I'm feeling?
1: Joey, if, you, if they will email me and just say, hey, I picked this up. I heard about you from Joey. I will email them a copy of my book, Conquer Anxiety, How to Optimize overcome anxiety and optimize your performance
0: oh that's a gift that's amazing email email john he gave me that book when i met him over lunch um email him john at john Skidmore, and it's j-o-n j-o-n no h in there guys don't you dare put an h in his name okay right 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 won't work yeah and so and he'll he'll email you a digital copy of the book digital copy of the book that's amazing so do that right now um and, and read that book. That's on awesome. uh, John, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for that gift.
1: Joey, it's a pleasure. I appreciate what you're doing to help teens as they want to move forward and move through their life with some guidance and support because most kids don't have that. So keep that up. It's great. You know what? I will. Hey
0: teens, would you say you are the sidekick or the hero of your life? You see sidekicks play small They let their emotions stop them from doing the things they want to do. Heroes, on the other hand, heroes are always in control of their destiny. They still struggle, but they know how to struggle. They know how to develop self-confidence, manage their emotions, and take the action they need to so their story ends the way they want it to. If you want to stop being a sidekick and start being the hero of your story, let me be your coach i take teens from sidekick to hero in the firmly founded family membership and this membership isn't just for teens we have stuff in there for parents as well so if you're ready to switch into hero mode go get your parents and go to firmlyfounded.com to see when our doors to the membership open next